Good morning, One Church. Good morning, Facebook Live. Thank you so much for joining us today. If everyone is healthy, can we just clap real quick? Everyone good to be here? Yeah, yeah. Super, super pumped to have you in the building today. Um, my name is Andy Peters, and I am the Next Generation Pastor here at One Church. And if you don't know what Next Generation means, all that means is that I get the opportunity to lead students and to guide students from fifth grade all the way up through their senior year of high school, and some even beyond that, and uh, I just love what I do. I love that I get the opportunity to be here um, and bring the message to you today. Um, but uh, the last time that I got to speak, I don't know if any of you remember, but it was back in May in the heat of coronavirus, and everything was shut down, and um, I will tell you that it was a super awkward experience. I never thought my first experience preaching would be to an empty room with a camera and a light staring at me in the face. So I much prefer having people in the room today. So thank you so much for being here. Um, but uh, before we get into the message today, if you don't know anything about me, um, I'm a pretty energetic speaker, all right? If you didn't know that already, there it is, all right? So I have to let you know on the front end, like on a, a scale of 10, I'm probably a 15. So if that's okay with you today, we're gonna go right in, all right? Everybody good? Everybody awake? All right, good, let's go. All right, but uh, today we are in the middle of a series that we are calling At The Movies. And if this is your first time experiencing the At The Movies series, or if this is your first time being exposed to it today, buckle up. Because At The Movies is an awesome series that we do every year. And when Pastor Brian asked me to come speak during this series, I was absolutely ecstatic. Number one, because I love movies. I'm a movie nut. Secondly, I love preaching. So I get two things that I love to do the most on the same day. Um, but uh, I have a challenge for you today. I have a challenge for you, and this is my goal for you today. I hope that this message that I'm going to bring to you today changes you from the inside out. Be and I say that sincerely because I've been to a lot of events or, or conferences where I get goosebumps and I feel good, but I don't change. Right? Like, I, I get goosebumps, and I feel, I feel good when everyone else is around me, but when I walk out those doors, am I going to apply it to my life? So that is my challenge for you today. Can I challenge you with that today, that what you take away from this message, that you apply it to your life when you leave the building today? All right? So today, we are going to be taking an in-depth look at the life of Mr. Incredible. All right? So who here has seen The Incredibles? Maybe just one. Who here has seen both of the Incredibles movies? Wow, not many, not many. Okay, well, that's okay. Um, I, for those of you who have seen both of them, I would normally say, like, high-five your, your neighbor, but we're not going to do that today. So if you want to high-five yourself, now is the perfect time. Love it. Perfect. All right, so we are going to dive into the movies The Incredibles 2 today. And for those of you who have never seen The Incredibles 2, let me paint you a picture of what's happening before we get into the life of Mr. Incredible. All right, so telecommunications expert Winston Dever enlists Elastigirl, Mr. Incredible's wife, to fight crime and make the public fall in love with superheroes once again. So that leaves Mr. Incredible with one of his greatest challenges ever, staying at home and taking care of three insane children. As Violet, Dash, and Jack-Jack offer him a new set of headaches, a cyber criminal named Screenslaver launches his plan to hypnotize the world through computer screens. So let's break that down. What's happening? Mr. Incredible is a stay-at-home dad, and Elastigirl, his wife, is out fighting crime. All right, so to paint a picture, 
of what's going on in the home of Mr. Incredible. Here's a video. Because it's Come not on, the time. Why? Because. So uncool. Because I'm formulating, okay? I'm taking in information. I'm processing. I'm doing the math. I'm fixing the boyfriend and keeping the baby from turning into a flaming monster. How do I do it? By rolling with the punches, baby. I ain't thunder and crap lightning, okay? Because I'm Mr. Incredible. Not Mr. So-so or Mr. Mediocre Guy. Mr. Incredible. Right. Now, I know none of us here in this room today have ever had days like that in our homes like Mr. Incredible, right? No? Okay. If anyone is here is brave enough to raise your hand and say you have some crazy kids at home, go ahead. Now is your time. All right? I have one, and he's three years old, and he absolutely runs my life. Um, but uh, that's besides the point. But uh, I love this movie so much because I think there's a lot of truth behind it. And as I was sitting and thinking about what Mr. Incredible was going through, I think we all have some things in common with him. Like maybe we don't have superhuman strength like Mr. Incredible, right? He picked up cars and stopped trains with his bare hands and took down a lot of villains. And if you do have those superhuman strengths, let me know after service and I'd like to hire you for some things at my house. Um, but he had one downfall. Mr. Incredible had one downfall that made his superhuman strength look super insignificant. And that was pressure. Mr. Incredible felt the pressures of life. And that is the title of my message today, The Pressures of Life. So by a show of hands, has anyone ever felt pressure before? Like at school, at work, at home, wherever, right? Almost everybody has encountered some sort of pressure, right? Maybe we feel the pressure of finances. Maybe we feel the pressure of marriage or change. Or how about recently? Like, I think a lot of parents have been under an immense amount of pressure trying to get their students to learn virtually and a new way of doing things. Well, today we are going to look at three truths about pressure. And my hope for you today is that you can walk away knowing that when pressures of life come, you have a power on the inside of you to help mitigate that pressure. All right? We're going to move fast. Is everybody okay? Everyone okay? All right, good. First truth about pressure is this. Pressure is inevitable. Pressure is inevitable. If you haven't already, you will at some point feel the pressures of life. Jesus said in John 16, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have what? Trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. He gives us a promise. Like, we are going to have some trouble. We're going to encounter some things that are going to add pressure to our lives, right? You will probably be very disappointed if you try to live your life avoiding pressure. Like, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Like, I know we just had some awesome worship and we're uplifting, right? But I don't want to kill the vibe, but I want to tell you the truth. Pressures are coming. 
And I just want to prepare you for that, right? Pressures are coming and they're going to try to knock you out of the game. And that's where a lot of people, I think, drift from God. Sometimes we, we get stressed and we self-medicate and we run to things that we think give us peace. And we put God on the shelf for a little while. So a little backstory on me. Um, I worked at Georgia Pacific. It was a corrugating factory in Batavia. I worked there for about five years. And um, it was a pretty high-stress job. And um, I was a forklift driver, and I had to load um, bales of cardboard into trailers. And um, my boss literally watched me every single day for eight hours a day to make sure I was loading it correctly and turning it right to make sure I got as much on the trailer as possible. Um, And if I didn't, I would have to unload the trailer and load it back in to get to save two more feet on the end of the trailer, which took more time, which added more pressure to my job, which made the bosses even more upset, which added to my existing pressure. Like, I don't know if there's anyone in the room like me today, but I'm the type of guy that, like, if you give me a list of things to do, I'll go do it and then come back and tell you when I'm done. I can't have someone breathing down my neck, right? That was a huge dose of reality for me because I have never been under that kind of pressure before. So it hit me hard going into this job, and I felt like if I didn't load this pressure right, or load this trailer right, would I be fired, right? Like, I have a six-month-old baby at home. I have a mortgage. How am I going to provide for my family? That was the pressure I felt walking into work every single day. Would I be able to provide for my family? Pressure is going to happen. So we have pressure is inevitable. Second truth about pressure is pressure isn't biased. Pressure isn't biased. Pressure comes for everyone, whether you're a high schooler, whether you're an adult, whether you're a grandma, a grandpa, middle schooler. Pressure comes for everyone. How about this one? Pressure comes for you even if you believe in God. When we talk about pressure, I'm often reminded of the story of Job in the Bible. And now I won't read the whole book of Job to you today, but I'm going to give you the summary of his life. The Bible says that Job was an upright and righteous man and a man who feared God and shunned evil. So you know that he was a man that was completely devoted to God. So one day Satan is convinced that Job is only devoted to God because of God's blessings and wealth on Job. So Job is tormented day and night and is tested to see if he still has faith in God even after losing all of his children, losing all of his livestock, losing all of his farming land, and even painful sores all over his body. Job, who was one of the most God-fearing men, was under an immense amount of pressure. Even from his wife, look what it says in Job 2.9. His wife says to him, are you still trying to maintain your integrity? Just curse God and die. She could not bear to see him go through this suffering Anymore. Now watch his response. I love this. In the very next verse, Job 2.10, he replied, Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? Shall we accept the good from God but not trouble? And oftentimes we want to accept the blessings of God, but we never want to accept the opportunity for growth. Right? We want to accept the good things that God, God's giving us, but maybe we don't see it as an opportunity for growth. And there were so many years in my life that I felt if pressure could pass by anyone, it would be me and my family growing up. Like my my parents were pastors of a church for over 30 years, and they planted over 30 churches in South America. And if anyone deserved an easy life, it was them. But can I tell you the exact opposite happened 
And the pressure that I've seen my parents have to fight through over the years is so incredible to me. The most faithful people that I have ever met. But time after time, turn after turn, year after year, there were new pressures that my parents faced. And I thought that maybe, just maybe, because I'm heavily involved in in my church that I was attending at the time and I was diving into what God had for me and my family, that maybe pressure could just pass over us. But I was wrong. And that came to a head when um, I was getting ready for work one night. I was on overnights at Georgia Pacific. And my wife, who was 21 weeks pregnant, came out of the bedroom and she's hunched over holding her belly and she says, something's not right. And she was in a lot of pain and it was one of the most scariest moments of my life because we have had 21 weeks preparing for our little boy. Loving on him, getting his room ready, praying over him, feeling him kick, hearing his heartbeat. And in one moment, I felt like I was losing him. And there was nothing I could do about it. So we get to the hospital, and sure enough, Beth was in, my wife was in preterm labor, and luckily we caught it in time, and we were able to stop the contractions after a few hours. But that pressure that we felt took someone who has a deep-rooted faith in Jesus to the brink. Pressure didn't care. That pressure didn't care that I had been a Christian almost all of my life. Pressure isn't biased. The third truth about pressure is this. Pressure is often a form of distraction. Pressure is often a form of distraction. In the Incredibles movies, we see a fight between good and evil. And, and though we may see this movie as a, as a cartoon or as a kid's movie, there's a lot of relevance to today's society in that movie. Can I put it like this? There is a constant battle for your heart every single day, and we may not even know it. There is a constant battle. Like there is a war between good and evil for you every single day. Both sides want it. And I tell the students of NextGen all the time that if Satan can't destroy you, he will distract you. And what better way is there to distract you than to crank up the pressure dial in your life? 1 Peter 5.8 says this, Be alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And I believe this is his number one tactic in going after you. He is always on the hunt for his next target. And if he can't destroy you, maybe he'll go after the things that are important to you. Your kids, your finances, your job, your marriage. And I'm not saying this to scare anyone today. I'm saying this to maybe just awaken and stir some faith that's been inside of you and rekindle that fire inside of you. Because a lot of times, myself included, our natural reaction is to jump on the, well, if God really loves me, boss. Right? Like, if God really loved me, I wouldn't be going through this. But what if we flipped that on its head and we took a step back and we asked, God, what are you trying to teach me in this season of my life? What are you trying to teach me in this season of my life? Here's what I believe. If there's anything my parents taught me about pressure, it was this. You are often one hard season away from breakthrough. You are often one hard season away from breakthrough. So when we talk about pressure, I always talk about and think about people who work out, right? They can either lay down at a bench press or they can stand at a a bar, right? Um, so I'm a visual learner, so I have a live prop for you today. Is that okay with everybody? Yeah? Everyone's still awake? All right, good. Um, so this is 
Uh, these are some students from our Next Gen Ministry in Medina. This is Joe and Noah. All right, let's give a round of applause for Joe and Noah. All right. So uh, before we start this demonstration, I just want to make sure there's, you guys have no superpowers, no superhuman strength, right? You sure? Not that I know of. All right, perfect, Noah. Thank you. All right, so um, Joe is standing at the bar of life. We're going to call this the bar of life today. All right? So now Joe can pick that up, right? And it's pretty easy, right, Joe? Right? It's pretty easy. It's pretty light. Why? Because life's going good for Joe right now, right? Life's good. He's got a girlfriend. He's doing good in school, right? He's got some fly hair, right? <laughs> All right? But what happens when we add a little bit of pressure to our lives, right? And so I'm wondering, how many of us are in this room right now, and we're standing at the bar of life, and we're trying to lift the pressures? Like, maybe pressures are coming for you like this. God, I don't know how to comfort my wife in the middle of this season. And we add weights to the bar. So what does this look like for you? God, my marriage is on the rocks. And it gets heavier and heavier. God, there's bills that I can't pay. God, I'm in my 30s, and I'm still single. Now, how many of us are sitting here, and this looks like us today. We are sitting there, and we are holding the pressures of life, and we just can't do it anymore. You're good, buddy. Thank you. I already put him through this first service, so let's give a round of applause for him, right? <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Thank you. So as we stand here, and we try to lift the weights that life has brought. We just can't. Now, I don't know if you realized it, but Joe was up here shaking. He was shaking. That's 250 pounds that he is trying to lift or just hold. Right? So let's go back to that verse. It says he prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. And I'm just going to call it like I see it today. Is that okay? I'm an honest person. I'm a very blunt person. Satan is an opportunist. And what better opportunity would Satan have to attack Joe other than when he's holding that weight? Like, if you wanted to attack Joe, when would you do it? You would attack him when he's holding 250 pounds, right? Not when there's no weight added to the bar because he could use that bar as a weapon, right? But when you add weights to the bar, it becomes heavier and heavier. And that is the moment that we are the most vulnerable and that is the moment when we come under attack. When pressures of life come, we are at our most vulnerable position. So here's the key question of this message today. How do we overcome the pressures that life puts on us? How do we overcome the pressures that life puts on us? It tells us how to overcome it in John 14, 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you a helper to be with you forever. And that helper is named the Holy Spirit. Now, I know that's a, that may be a super churchy word. Maybe you've heard of it before, or maybe you haven't. But put it like this. As a believer in Jesus, you have an advantage. Like if you were playing a game with someone, and they gave you a free advantage, wouldn't you take it? 
right? Like, I'll tell you what, that if I'm playing basketball with students of the next gen and they give me a one-point lead, I'm taking that one-point lead and I'm running the score up. I'm just that kind of dude, right? (laughs) We overcome by calling on our helper, the Holy Spirit, to come in and help us lift the weight so we don't have to. So what does that look like for you? Holy Spirit, I need you right now. Because I am standing at the bar of life and it's just way too heavy. I can't lift it by myself anymore. I believe that maybe someone in this room is here today that is about to buckle under the pressure that life has brought. Maybe you've been sitting at that bar of life. You've been trying to lift it. And life just keeps adding weights and weights and weights to the bar. Maybe you're at the point where you can't even lift it off the ground. Maybe you just need some help. And today is for you. Eyes closed all over this place today. If there is anyone here in this room or on Facebook Live who just needs a little more peace and has never accepted Jesus into their lives before and wants that free advantage with no one looking around, can you slip your hand up? And if you're on Facebook Live today, can you just put an emoji in the chat that that's you today? Yeah. For those of you who raise your hands or are on Facebook Live and and want to repeat this prayer after me today, you can. You don't have to say it out loud. You can just say it in your heart. God, I know I have done wrong in my life. I recognize my need for you. Today, God, I receive you. I believe that you died on the cross to save me. I'm sorry. I ask that you would come help me lift the weight that pressures have brought my way. And God, I pray for every other person that's in this room or on Facebook Live that is standing at that bar of life and they're about to buckle under the pressure. God, I pray that they would have the utmost confidence to just call on you, our helper. You promised that you would be there for us, God. I pray for every single person who is under an immense amount of pressure right now, God that you would just come intervene into their lives and you would help them lift the weight. Thank you for today, God. Thank you for every single person in this room. In Jesus' name I pray.